Welcome to the Fat Field Family Podcast, where every week we talk about things like nutrition, training, how to live a healthy and active lifestyle with your little ones, peaceful parenting, education, and of course, mindset. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Keto Counterculture, at Fatfield Mom, and at Fatfield Kids. And search for Fatfield Family on YouTube. To stay up to date with everything we're doing, sign up with your email at www.fatfuel.family and check out our blog for workouts, meal ideas, and all the other cool stuff we love to talk about. Don't forget to hit subscribe. All right, welcome to the Fat Fueled Family Podcast. I am Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my wife, Maura. How are Hi. you, my love? I'm okay. I've seen better days, but that's okay. Yeah, this, this day <laughs> didn't start off well. No. Yeah, it didn't start off well, yeah. but it's that's good okay. now. We're good. We get a little break. It's all a learning experience. <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate? Grateful for the struggles. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good... Um, what, was, what did you say about last year? Last year was all about growth, right? Yeah. 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 We need to just continue to carry growth over. Growth means you had, you know, yeah, struggles. You had a struggle, yeah. but I don't think we've struggled this year. So we gotta. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we haven't. We've struggled internally, but we haven't had any external things. No, no, thankfully. Coming. No. So. Yeah. Um, first, I wanted to just give some a few quick announcements, and um, the first thing I want to say is, of course, thank you to all of you um, who have listened and shared our podcast. It means a ton. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I want to ask you guys right now to please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review because this is what helps us reach more people and become more visible so we can talk to more of these thought leaders that we look up to. And of course, give you guys more practical tips to live your healthiest and your best life with your family. So that's super important to us. Um, so if you guys could do that, if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review. Um, so that when we talk to people like, I want to get David Goggins on so bad. I mean, good luck. He's very popular. <laughs> yeah, but That's I already, I know someone who, who just interviewed him and I'm friends <laughs> with him. So, so I'm oh, going yeah? to call in a favor. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That would be incredible. So, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is by the time this podcast comes out, who knows, but Hey, we're I'm not gonna, organized. But. We're not organized. It's not that we're not organized. We're just ahead of the game. Yeah, like, we, we have like game, several so. podcasts, uh, in the in the bin ready to go um but there right now as of today there are less than 50 spots left to be entered into the killing killing it fat field giveaway which comes when you purchase the killing it fat field program um and just to give you an idea of what you can win three winners out of the first 100 purchases of this program will get one jar of keto nut butter from perfect keto which is not sweetened it's delicious um a 50 dollar gift card from outer isle gourmet uh, one case of snack bacon from Peterson's Farms, a bag of Peely Nuts, and one jar of their Expedition Butter from Peely Hunters, which another delicious um, <laughs> nut butter, a uh, $30 gift card from Peak Yogurt, a Keto Kit from Primal Kitchen, a four-pack of jerky from Keto Carne, three blocks of variety gourmet yogurt cheese from Bunker Hill, nice. a $50 gift card from F-Bomb, a week's worth of keto bricks and a $50 gift card from ButcherBox. I mean, it's, it's just totally worth it. It's a ridiculous Even amount if of prices. Saw it like a raffle ticket, except you're actually getting something. Yeah. And you're actually <laughs> getting the, the only program that I know of right now that, that helps you transition your family to a fat fueled lifestyle that addresses all the things and all the practical tips and shopping lists and meal plans and swap out. Yeah. Recipes, how to, how to swap things out for what your kids like. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we've been getting a lot of feedback, really good feedback from those who have purchased it. Um, but we still want to just make sure that more people purchase it and, of course, get entered into that giveaway. Um, lastly, um, I want to say we have a few new patrons um, on the Patreon platform, and we're grateful for all of your support. So if you want to join this group, just check out www.patreon.com slash family to see the different benefits. Um, you get free Fatfield Family t-shirts, discounts in our store, live Q&As, which we're starting this month. We just did our first quarterly grift, and we sent our, Patreon, our patrons the Killing It Fatfield program, and some of them bought it anyway. <laughs> so we let them pick another program from our online store. So, um, of course, grateful to all of your all of our supporters and our, our patrons. So yeah, awesome. now we've been letting our, our today's guests wait. So I'm going to introduce her. <laughs> um, I've known our guests for at least a decade, probably 15 years, but I've known her <laughs> husband for over 20 years <laughs> and her sister is married to another We're great old. friend of mine <laughs> from high school. So as you can see, it's a, it's a Miami thing it's all Miami over again. Yeah, it's yeah. a big city, but it's not really, yeah. not, not really big. Um, Jenny is a pediatric occupational therapist who was born and raised in Miami, Florida. She earned her post-professional master's degree in occupational therapy with a bachelor's in journalism and mass communications. She had started out thinking she was going to specialize in outpatient rehab, post-surgeries, neurological impairment, or accidents. But after a rotation on pediatrics, she had to um, go to um, occupational therapy. That was her true passion and calling. So she wanted to work with children who are largely misunderstood in society due to challenges they may face developmentally, neurologically, socially, or physically. Um, this is just, this is what she loves. So she strongly believes in treating a child holistically and collaborating with their families and academic team, aside from any other interdisciplinary therapists, such as speech pathologists or behavior analysts, in order for um, the most progress to be made. This also takes into account training parents on the importance of their child's nutrition, <laughs> sleep, sleep hobbies, hobbies and extracurricular <laughs> activities uh we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff um jenny went into private practice in 2012 and also co-leads a social skills group with a colleague and friend who is a speech pathologist in south miami florida jenny also has a team of therapists who work collectively as a unit to treat their little patients with the utmost care she currently lives with her husband their baby Charlotte, who's gorgeous, and their three dogs, who you may hear. <laughs> who you may hear. <laughs> um, please welcome to it. the show, Jenny Royce Partridge. What's up, Jenny? Hi, thank you, guys. Such an honor to be here with you guys. Oh, it's our honor. It's been so cool to see everything that's happened in the last several years. And it's so cool that, you know, we don't even talk that often, but we interact online and, you know, our circles cross and, you know, we, we, we get in, we run in the same circles and, we're on the same page on a lot of this stuff. So yes. we had to bring you on. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, we'll start with our, our same old first question that we always <laughs> ask our guest. Um, what is the most critical problem that you're currently trying to solve? Whew, okay. Well, I'm going to go personal with this one. Nice. Um, so we'll get into this more, but I, I definitely struggled for many years to conceive my baby. So I think the largest problem, which is, I think, a, a blessing at the same time, because it's not something that is, you know, my health or anything like that, but just being able to balance it all, just the balance of life and being a new mom and being a wife, 
all of that I think is the most critical for me right now. Yeah, balancing it all in time management. This is actually one of our more common Yeah, it's true. Um answers when we've asked people, we we often get time management. This and is the third third yeah, time. Yeah, probably the third person who says yeah. that. And I totally agree. It's probably like my most critical problem as well. Just oh trying to gosh, balance yeah. everything. It's like this juggling act and there just are not enough hours in the day. Exactly. Like no choice but to wake up earlier sometimes. <laughs> so painful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, definitely. And I also think that there's something about, you know, just this new culture that we live in. I mean, and it's a huge blessing and thank, you know, thank God for technology. There's so many amazing opportunities that come with that. But because we're so connected all the time, it's like, it's not natural, you know, but yes. you could be holding conversations with like 50 people at once. It's just like not natural. So it's, it's, it's going to be harder. So it's, it's this generation. I can see them having to really um, try to prioritize and get that into con- in control. Cause you can waste your whole life on social media. Oh I mean, yes. Whole life. Definitely. No. And even in the car, you know, you'll, you'll be driving and you're like, Oh, I forgot to respond to this person or, you know, an email. I got to check this. So even at red lights, I was finding myself trying to be as productive as possible, which is not really helpful either. So we just have to be careful with how connected we are. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Let me share something with you two that I've been doing for the past what is it? Today's the eighth. So, I mean, I'm sorry. Today's whatever the day the podcast came out. So. Um, <laughs> what I've been doing for the past week or so is um, it's really been helpful. And it's interesting because today was the first day I was a little bit more loose with my schedule because I had to get, we ran out of toilet paper. So I had to go get some toilet paper <laughs> like and I had to, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get toilet paper. I might as well get like seven pounds of ribeyes, which did you seriously congrats, get I got us ribeyes. Um, <laughs> And, but like, because that threw me off from my schedule, I was like, it's like a floodgate that opens. Mm-hmm. So you, you're like, you know what? I'm not in my typical schedule. So I'm going to allow myself to answer texts and answer emails and answer yeah, Instagram well. and, and DMs. And it's just like, it's a snowball and it just yes. like nonstop. You don't, you, you get sucked in. And so what I've found has helped me the most is to have dedicated times to, now don't get me wrong. I could be minimizing my screen time completely, but it's hard when you're writing a book, you know, like I have the first two and a half hours of the day are when I'm most productive, like after I train. And so like from 830 to like 11 and sometimes a little bit later, I'm writing for our book. But today I didn't do that. I had to start writing later. And I I found myself on Instagram and on email and all that. And it just, you, you just feel you jumbled. Block the time. You have yeah, to like, you gotta set, block. you got to set yeah. aside the time to check emails and give yourself whatever, 20 minutes that you're going to answer DMs, answer whatever questions on Instagram. And then you can play around with that. If that's not enough, maybe you could bump it up, but at least it's a dedicated time. Yep. And then yeah. you know that when it's not that time, like that's it. No, turn your phone off, turn the notifications off. It can wait. It's a yep. great idea. Because if I don't get anything done, because then you're just doing a little bit of everything, but nothing got done, you know? You're absolutely right. And that's such a frustrating feeling. All right. So I wanted to ask you, since we were going to talk about all the kids stuff, which is super important, but since you brought it up already, I figured it would be a good segue for us to talk about this now. Um, And I think it might even be good because it can introduce people from the beginning, from conception 
the importance of all these things. So <laughs> I'd love for you to get into the, you know, the whole fertility journey. I know that, you know, we obviously we spoke to you during the whole time and you, yes. you're a saint um, because Aww. you guys, no, years. you really are. Um, and, you know, no one really knows the importance of diet, environmental toxins and all the factors affecting fertility, like someone like you, you know, what would you say to like a young couple who's either thinking of having kids or currently struggling to get pregnant and just keep in mind, just if you can, just tell tell our audience, you know, what you went through and then kind of what, what the key learnings were. Okay, yeah. So for us, it, we started trying, I mean, not trying, but kind of like just stopped preventing. And I actually got pregnant really soon, but I lost the baby really early on. So that turned into then, you know, trying and it became a really big obsession in my life, to be honest. It was really unhealthy. I I lived my life month to month. I didn't live anymore by the moment. And, you know, it's really taxing on you, on your relationship, um, because you're doing the ovulation kits and it's got to be now. And, you know, so everything in my life started to just get very foggy. And it was just, I was hyper-focused on trying to get pregnant, which then my body and my cortisol levels, I'm sure were through the roof. And when you're so stressed out, you're not sleeping well, um, you're anxious all the time. You really, you know, your health is is of the utmost importance, but it's funny how we, we don't realize that when we're stuck in something mentally. So I, I eventually started going to see a reproductive endocrinologist and, you know, we had all the invasive testing done and everything kept coming back normal. I wasn't eating red meat for many years. I actually just started eating meat again recently. Um, I had stopped when I was about 18 and I, you know, everything kept coming back normal and all these tests and whatnot, but obviously there's something going on. So we started with uh, treatments and, you know, all this stuff and nothing was working. So I was very frustrated, um, in a very dark place and everybody around me, you know, my younger sister had had kids and all my family members that were older than me were even having kids. It was very, very frustrating. Um, eventually we, we started really, I started talking to you guys actually about nutrition and the importance of inflammatory processes in your body. So I started researching more into that and I started seeing that I really needed to change a lot of how I was eating if I wanted to cut inflammation in my body. We did more testing, you know, blood work that was not covered through insurance, costs thousands of dollars. I had to have it sent to Chicago overnighted and took weeks to get the results. But basically I had elevated antibody levels in my body and natural killer cells. And they were fighting off pregnancies because they saw them as like foreign invaders. Yeah. So very similar to someone that's suffering from like an autoimmune disease or polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. Um, if you have Hashimoto's, lupus. So a lot of women that are struggling, if you really start getting more blood work done, you will start seeing that you have a lot of these similar things going on in your body, a lot of these processes. But if you go to your regular OB, they're going to throw some, you know, um, ovulation inducing medicine on you that you might not even need. Like I never had a hormonal issue, but they probably would have started me on stuff like that had I not taken the proper precautions and, you know, done the proper testing. 
So long story short, I did also have to do medication that was infused um, to my veins, you know, via IV to bring down my antibody level because it wasn't enough just with diet, but it did help a lot because when I did the, the blood work again, after I had started eating foods that were cutting inflammation and um, just really changing the way that I was eating and the way I was taking care of my body, the results were much better. It was, I went from having them really, really elevated and they dropped. So they were, I was like borderline at that point, but I still had to, you know, do the stuff. So we did that. And, um, I did have to do IVF because when you have this antibody stuff going on, everything is very controlled, but you know what? I'm grateful that it worked on the first try. Cause I know many people that have had to do it several times for us. It worked on the first time. Um, we have embryos frozen for, you know, future, future cycles. So it's all been a blessing, but nutrition is key for those of you that are thinking about starting a family, I would say to cut all the crap. Am I allowed to say crap? <laughs> Sorry, no, say of crap. course. <laughs> yes. That's the least of our worries. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, cut, cut all the foods, like cut all the sugars, cut all of the breads, all of the pastas, all the carbs, um, even dairy, try to like minimize it because yeah. You know, you're you're still getting dairy from a cow, which is a female, so her hormones are going to interact with yours. It's estrogenic. It's estrogenic. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like you guys always talk about, even the plants. Be careful with how much of that you're doing and how many vegetables you're also eating. People don't realize you. They think, oh, I'm gonna, you know, become vegan or I'm just gonna eat a bunch of vegetables. No, you got to be really careful with all that too, because again, it creates inflammation. So a ketogenic diet, I think, is somewhere great to start. And I know that Maura is, um, you're even doing more of a carnivore diet, but anything that you can do that is going to cut inflammation to me personally, I think is key. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and I, I love that you, you talk about all the things to be careful for, because, you know, you can still eat a ketogenic diet and, and, you know, have issues with fertility. Why don't you tell, why don't you tell Jenny, Jenny and our listeners what, um, what a friend of ours is doing. What do you mean? The, uh, what is it called? The bevel diet or the, be- the bevy diet? Oh yeah. I was, I was briefly telling her. So, um, we have a friend that is trying to get pregnant. She, and it's funny that you mentioned Hashimoto's because she has Hashimoto's. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure she has that working against her and she's been keto, um, for at least a year that I know of. Um, but you know, they're trying to get pregnant and she's having some trouble. So she's on the treatments and they have her on, I think it's called the bevy, like, Baby, like, like baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, like baby. Aww. It's B E B B I, and it's basically beef, eggs, butter, bacon, and ice cream. Like, <laughs> like a high cream. fat, like ice a high cream. fat ice cream. You know, just to like. So that is dairy because that obviously it is, dairy. It is, I but guess. I'm pretty sure that it's like one of those like things where it's like only if you're like craving it, oh, have okay. some ice cream. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, beef, butter, eggs, and bacon. Yeah. And so. It, yeah. that, and that's the main thing. Like I, I hate, you know, people get really sensitive about the vegetable thing and I still, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm eating. It's not like I'm just like super anti, I have my veggies still. I have certain veggies that I have at this point ex- experimented with that I know are good for me. But for the most part, I feel it's just a carnivore diet. The number one thing that people report is a huge reduction of inflammation right away. So I definitely think it's a really good protocol 
And then you can always experiment with things later, but it's like a really good way to just clear everything out so that you're yeah, more like in tune with your body. Yeah, like a detox well, and then you're just in tune. Yeah. It's funny because I, like I told you, I didn't eat, I still didn't eat red meat. Even when I cut all the, the inflammatory foods, I was still yeah. just eating chicken and turkey, some seafood. But my whole pregnancy, I also did not eat any meat or red meat. And then I've just been exclusively nursing the past nine months and a few months into nursing, I told my husband one day, I really want to eat like a churraco. Like I really want meat. And he got a craving. Like, what? That's what happened <laughs> to Maura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I went, we went to like a restaurant and I ordered my steak and he was like, please be careful because I don't want you to get sick. I'm like, no, no, no. I ate the whole thing. And <laughs> I happened to her back. I've been eating red meat. And let me tell you guys, I, for women also like post-birth, I weigh less now than I did even when I got pregnant because those fertility drugs, they also, I didn't gain a ton of weight. I'm naturally tiny, but I did gain a good like five pounds, which for me, a a small frame like mine, I mean, I did feel it and I lost all the baby weight within like two to three months. I haven't really been exercising. Um, just watching what I eat and just being active, but I haven't even really gone back to a full blown exercise routine or anything. So it does work. Eating this way really does cut all that inflammation. It totally does. You realize every single woman that's listening right now, there was like a, like an alarm, like beep, beep, beep going oh, yeah. off. As soon as you say weight loss, they're like, what? I'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny that you say that, how you got that craving. And I'm, well, I don't know if you know this, but when I was, um, right before I got pregnant with Desmond, up until that time, I had been vegetarian for at least, years. yeah, probably years, but I still ate, I would eat eggs, eggs I would eat and eggs fish. and I would eat fish, but I wouldn't eat okay. any red meat mm-hmm. or chicken. I would still try to stay away from chicken. I would eat like, um, you were lacto ovo. Yeah. Pretty much like a lacto ovo. Uh, and, and, and fish. Vege- yeah. With fish. So I don't know what they call that, but pescatarian. Like yeah. Like a pescatarian. Right. But when I, when I got pregnant with Desmond, oh my gosh, asked Danny, it was like one second. To, and it was one of those things that I was like, that's it. It's I over. I got yeah. such a strong <laughs> craving. I was like, I need steak. Like I need like meat. I felt it's, like it's I amazing. wanted to that's, that's our body telling you. Yeah. Your body's yes. like, you need to make a human now. So I think it's time <laughs> to eat exactly. some more protein. That's really good because, um, you know, after you get to a certain point of malnutrition, that goes away. And unfortunately, you can't even trust your body anymore because your body doesn't even ask you for what it needs anymore. It's so true. Yeah, and that of... happens to a lot of um, vegans. And I have another friend who was more plant-based for a while. And she's, she was like, I want to start eating meat, but I don't like it. I don't, I don't crave it. I'm like, trust me, just eat it. And the more you eat it, you're going to crave it. And yeah. now it's, she's like, it's I really feel true. great. I crave it now. I'm eating my steak. And it's like, awesome. It's like freedom. So I think yeah, it's just the, awesome. getting around the stigma and um, becoming more aware because I even reached out to you, Maura, yeah. And at one point when I was pregnant and I told you this, that I, yeah. I was scared, I, you know, and you guys told me, take it slow, take it slow yeah. and, you know, reintroduce it, see how you feel. But I'm telling you, it, it totally changed everything for me. Yeah. 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 You feel so much better. You do. It's like you've got what you need. <laughs> like your body yeah. finally. <laughs> and you know, it. those imbalances, they get, they get fixed pretty quickly when the meat comes back in. And then now you're just kind of operating the way you're supposed to operate because mm-hmm. you, you have like deficiencies and, you know, it doesn't take long 
to bring those back up if you're just getting what you need, you know? So, yeah, so amazing. Yeah, it is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's get into a little bit of the OT the stuff. The good so stuff. Yeah. If you want to give us like a little, I mean, we kind of gave, we gave your, your, your mm-hmm. bio. So if you, you want to talk about a little bit about pediatric OT and how you got into it, um, you know, how yeah. you came to, to have this passion for helping the children. Sure, definitely. Well, like you guys read um, and you guys knew I, I first went into it thinking that I was going to do like adult rehab and I really like neuro um, and, you know, people post strokes and all that good stuff. But once I did a rotation in pediatrics, I totally fell in love with the kids because when you see a child that is struggling in an area in their life or multiple areas in their life, but you can help them get to this optimal level of success for their occupation, which that's what occupational therapy is. It's just helping somebody get back to their occupation. So a child is supposed to be playing. They're supposed to be learning. If they can't do those things, then there's a problem and we need to get them to that point because as we know, children learn through play. They learn through experiences. So I just fell in love with it because I said, I mean, what greater good can you do than to help children reach their full potential? So what I love about occupational therapy is that we don't treat a child by picking them apart, Um, not to pick on other disciplines, but for instance, like physical therapy, you know, you go and you can't walk or you have a a problem with your knee. They're going to treat that issue to get you walking again, to get you ambulating. But with occupational therapy, it's more holistic. You're asking a person, you know, what is it that you want to be able to do? You want to be able to garden again, or you want to be able to run again. Um, You want to be able to drive for children. Some of these kids, they're just not even able to play with their friends, with their siblings. Um, Some kids can't go get haircuts because they're just so sensitive or they can't eat certain foods. They can't stand certain textures. So you just really want to help these children have like some, I hate to use the term normal, but you know, somewhat of a, a normal, typical life. So that's what we try to do. Love it. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because as you're saying that, it's like describing Dean. <laughs> um, and it, it was really hard for a while because I, I always suspected it, like, because I had always like, you know me, we're holistic. So we, we, we go there, we go to the, so we were still in denial. At least I, I was more in denial. Yeah, I think anyway. Danny was a little bit more in denial, but, um, cause it's, and it's so tricky, you know, and now that mm-hmm. we, I did finally have him evaluated and I mean, he scored much more than others on pretty much everything. So yeah. at this point he is pretty much has bad <laughs> sensory processing disorder. And it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's such like an isolating thing. And I'm sure, and I know that I have a lot of friends with um, children that are autistic and that, that is also isolating. Um, but with autism, sometimes it could be a little bit more obvious to, so I think right. in public, it's a little bit more um, like people are a little bit more sensitive to you. So, but when it comes to like Dean or like mm-hmm. sensory processing, he appears normal. And so he's very misunderstood. And, and, and then a lot of people, I, you know, I think, I think it's still, it's still, people are still learning about it. So, you know, and you know, like cube, like Cubans, they're probably like, Eso no existe. like they, they don't think it's real sometimes yeah. right. like the older crowd. They don't yep. think it's like a real thing. And so there's kind of a stigma around that. Do you see that a lot in your profession still? Um, yes. And what's like your, what has been your experience with that? Cause it's so, it is, it's very, it is isolating for the parents and, you know, definitely. Well, a few <laughs> things you said, um, you know, r- rings a bell for me. First of all, 
Danny being a little bit in denial and it's not, it's not to, it's not to take away from that because there are some people that will say that your child has this, that, or the other, and they don't. And unfortunately we do live in a time where there's a lot of medical fraud and there's a lot of people trying to get reimbursement for things that, you know, kids don't even really have. And I'm very careful with, um, even using words and with diagnoses around parents, because sometimes there's not even a real, like your kid might not fit a total diagnosis, but there's just some areas and symptoms that we need to treat just so they can do better. But I will tell you that in in my experience over the years, I've seen that a lot of dads tend to be the one that they don't want to deal with it. They're kind of in denial. Um, And I think it stems from dads are just protectors and they want to be able to fix everything. And there's some things you can't fix on your own. And I don't know if that was your experience, Danny. um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's that inherent, you know, um, you, 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 if something's not working the way it's supposed to, you, you, you know, you don't want to admit, Oh, you, you think to yourself, well, because my child is this way, my, my child is damaged and, you know, or my child is, you know, you, you, you start to put labels and you don't want to do that. Until you're just like, wait a second, man, this is, this is, we're all in a continuum. We all have neuroses and we all have issues. And a lot of them are environmental things that can change. And I know you'll, you'll talk about that later because I, some of the things you do, it's amazing to see like these changes that that you, you know, you take the the families through and how quickly they, they get fixed. But yeah, I, I, I just eventually Mara was like, when Mara was saying, and I was like, you know what, that, that makes sense. But it took me a while. And I would tell him, I would tell him sometimes like, when he would go on She's these like, rampages, I'm like, this, just yeah. look at him. I'm like, yeah. just watch him. I'm like, yeah, no, not, I'm like, he's, I'm like, he's, and it's hard because it's like, it looks like bad behavior. I'm like, he's, yes. he's having a really hard time right now though. Yeah. I'm like, it's not, it's not always just bad behavior. No. Like, and that's, that's acting part. out because he's being completely overstimulated. And it's, I guess also for me, it's like Dean is so much like me and who knows if I, if I would have been a child today, I would have sensory processing disorder. Right. It's just like when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing. So I probably just suffered like my whole yeah. life, honestly, just trying to just suppress it and just avoiding situations. Exactly. So I was just a little bit more understanding, I think, because I was just like, well, I feel that way, you know, yep. like with yes. the loud noises. And I mean, I can open up a, a jar of pickles like a mile away and Dean will be like, oh, yeah, like, or apple cider yeah. vinegar. Yeah, he's very sensitive to smells, very sensitive to. Light. When you said the haircuts, I, I can only take him to one, one place to get his haircut because the lady, it's like this one place. That's the only place he'll get his haircut. And even then he complains, I mean, to brush his hair, he doesn't want to cut his hair and then he doesn't want to brush his hair. I mean, we scream well, bloody, we scream bloody murder you, every, every time. <laughs> now that you said that, you know, there was a little boy that he said one day that when he went to get a haircut, that the noise from the clippers it reminded mm-hmm. him of when his grass at home was being cut. Mm-hmm. And you got to think, what? Like, no way, a clipper. I mean, but to him, it was just so loud and so uncomfortable that you have to realize when you have a sensory processing disorder, and we all have sensory sensitivities because every single yeah. one of us has something yeah, we, we don't it. like. <laughs> but when it's when it's really like taking over your life, that it's affecting areas of your life, that's when you want to get it treated. But imagine you're a child. You can't communicate as eloquently as an adult. You're in school or you're at a party or at a play date, some social you know, event, and something's bothering you. What are you going to do? You're going to throw a tantrum because nobody's understanding. You know, parents are talking and adults are all in their own thing. 
what do you have to do? You have to, at some point your body has like a shutdown. So I feel for these kids because they don't know how to explain what's going on in their body. And the way I try to explain it best to parents is imagine a traffic jam going on in your body. There's messages coming in from either the environment or even internal ones. And your brain is getting those messages, but it's not interpreting them. And it's not um, eliciting an appropriate response to that message. There's a traffic jam. So we have to work on that. And in a way that your body becomes more organized so that when those messages come in, your body, your brain gets them, it analyzes them, interprets them, and then it it promotes, you know, uh, positive reactions. So it takes time and therapy is not like a magic pill because, you know, people, and I'm sure that you guys probably want to know, well, okay, you start therapy and how long is this going to take? You know, when's my kid going to act, you know, normal? And it's, unfortunately, it's, it's a natural process. So it takes time and everybody's different. And you, and, and it's a lot of trial and error, right? And because it's not it's like a lot there's of a trial and error. Yes. And then I've noticed from, you know, we, we did therapy just for a month. We'll probably end up going back, but there was just, you know, as we transitioned through the insurances, we just had to, and the holidays and all that, we had to take a break. Yeah. But I, I definitely want to put them back in, but I realized just in those few sessions that a lot of the work is to be done at home really. So it's like them, you know, they're not with him all day. So like, for exactly. example, and I would love for you to maybe talk about this because it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll focus on sensory processing disorder. I'm sure there's so many other <laughs> things that kids have. Um, but like, what are, what? so for sensory, pro- you, you, you explained kind of what it is. Um, if you could maybe for parents, like talk mm-hmm. about some of the more common symptoms for either being like too, too sensitive, or I know there's kids that are like too, too like um, they're not sensitive enough. They're not sensitive enough. Yeah, right, right, right. Like they don't, they they're not aware of their body in space. They're like all up in it, and that's what Desmond has more of that. But um, and oh, just yeah. like some of the techniques, like the brushing, the brushing yes. was so interesting to me because I mean it really worked, and <laughs> it really exactly. worked. It's crazy. And it's funny because some parents are like, "What is that? That's like hocus pocus with the brush," and it's like, "No, yes." <laughs> Yeah, I've had like dads be like, I'm not brushing my kid. And I'm like, okay, well, you're going to see it works. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to order like 10 on Amazon and have them in my car and in the office. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) It works. But I will tell you this when, okay, so the, the best thing to do if you're feeling like your child might be demonstrating some difficulties with their body and, you know, they're sensitive or not sensitive, you might have kids that let's say they, they get home and they're like all banged up. They have bruises everywhere and cuts. And you're like, where'd you get that? And they're like, I don't know. Um, those are kids that usually are not very aware of their body in space. And in order for you to be aware of your body in space, that takes a sense that it's not really talked about. We have our five senses, but we also have another sense that's your vestibular sense, which affects balance and equilibrium. And it starts with like the liquid in your ears And when your head position changes, like if you're on a roller coaster or you're um, hanging upside down or laying on your side, that liquid change, it moves and it moves the little hairs in your ear. And when that's off, that affects where you, how you feel where your body is in space. So that might be the child that's constantly crashing into you or crashing into things in the environment or constantly needing deep hugs or needing to touch you because they are just not feeling secure in their own space. So they're looking for outside, um, they're looking for outside input 
in would order you say to organize. That, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but really quick, because would you say, because I mean, that sounds, I, like I, Desmond. I, that sounds like Desmond, right? He's like the complete opposite of Dean. So he's like, like, again, like you said, all banged up in your face, like has no, um, you know, like I have to talk to him a lot about personal space. Oh, he doesn't yeah. realize in the that kitchen, he's in he'll be like, you'll, you'll turn around spaces. and you'll elbow him because he's yeah, right, yeah, he's right there. He's, yeah. he's pretty, you know, we're pretty clumsy. We fall a lot. But then yeah. we also, would you say that those kids, because this is something he does, like he is an adrenaline junkie. So he seeks yes. those behaviors. Like he's got to ride roller coasters. We're yes. Dean's like, we're Dean's <laughs> yeah, like oh no, 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 no. Dean's <laughs> like, totally no does. Yeah, like Desmond has to be like. It's awesome know. for me when we go to <laughs> things exactly. like. That's so yes, yes, that's exactly right. It's funny that you guys have kind of like both ends of the spectrum there because those are the kids that they do. They do tend to seek anything that's mm-hmm. going to provide that input. So like kids like him, I would make like a little crash pad in your house, like an area where you put like a bunch of pillows and stuff, but he's Genius. just allowed to jump and throw himself on there. And when you start to like learn more and as they get older, um, and, and this goes back to what you were saying, I tell parents all the time, it's like exercising or dieting and not, not dieting like a fad diet, but like the way you eat. If you eat well one day, but you don't eat well the rest of the week, you're not going to see results. If you go to the gym one time a week, you're not going to see as much progress as if you're going more regularly. Same thing with therapy, but who can afford therapy like five times a week? Right. Nobody. Who sees kids five times a week? I mean, so unless you're like in behavior therapy, you know, different things like that. But like OT wise, we see like the more severe, severe cases of children that are like really involved or are very um, low on the, the autism spectrum. We'll see those kids about three times a week. That's usually like what's recommended for norms. But who who has the money and the time to be able to be in therapy every single day? No. Yeah. So what we, we try to do is you try to teach parents so that they can carry over a lot of the activities at home and you do it in a way where you can mend it and put it into your daily life. Because again, not everybody has a lot of time society. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of parents that are divorced and, you know, dads have kids very little throughout the week. Mom might be a single parent. Now she's working a ton and she's trying to hold it all together. If you tell that mom, Oh, I need you to do this exercise every day. She's going to laugh in your face because she barely has time to cook a decent meal. So we try, at least me, I've tried to be very realistic with parents and say, if you can even do five to 10 minutes a day of this or that, you're going to see more progress. And if you make little environmental changes, you're going to see more progress. than if you just come to me once or twice a week. So what you said is, is true. It's key. So I think um, this is a perfect time. You mind if I ask her this? Because she yeah, said environmental segue. changes. I yeah. was like, segue. All right. <laughs> um, because you told Maura something that like we've probably told like several people about this already because it's just it's unreal. Um, you talked about uh, you, you told her this fascinating story about a patient with a twitch. Um, and, um, you know, can you share that story? It's a patient that, you know, you, you gave the parents some some things um some and things to do and it yeah. you know it involved yes. diet and screen and yes. um and what what happened and and what were the results okay so um this was a child who was spending a good amount of time playing video games or on the parent's phone so um the child you know was always pretty much okay and all of a sudden developed these twitches and it was happening more and more. So mom got worried. 
And I said, listen, I think that we need to do a technology detox. And she was like, what? Love it. And I was like, yes, we're going to detox. Yeah. It's scary, so, but it is. It is. And kids adapt so fast though. We yes. think it's scarier than it is. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think even for me, like if somebody told me I couldn't use like my iPad or my phone for two weeks, I'd be like, what? But I told her if we just cut everything, I'm talking about even TV, everything mm-hmm. for two weeks, I want to see what happens. She was like, okay. And this is a parent that is extremely proactive and she listens to everything. That's a whole other point to, to all of this. You yeah. have to have parents that are willing to really do the work. She's right. amazing. So she said, okay, we're going to do this. And she had to explain to him. And he, this is a child that I've actually been working with for many years. And we have a very, very good relationship. And he was very upset with me um, <laughs> because he, cause she's like, I'm going to tell him that it's from you. So he doesn't get mad at me. I'm like, go for it. So, you know, we said, listen, as a team, we decided that we are going to stop looking at so much TV and video games and all this stuff for a couple of weeks so that your body feels better. And this child was also getting um, nauseous and also feeling dizzy at times. So it was, it was really starting to affect him physiologically as well as just the, the nervous tics. So we, we cut everything for two weeks. And let me tell you, at the end of the two weeks, he wasn't even really asking for anything anymore, like the technology. Yep. He was used to now playing games, going outside because she's like, what am I going to do? I'm like go outside. You know, they started playing outside, throwing a ball around and playing with manipulatives again, um, doing ma- uh, mazes, crossword puzzles, you know, all that stuff that we forget is so good for all of us that all of us did when we were younger. Yeah. This child didn't even ask. But then what we did was we, we said, okay, maybe on the weekend he can have like 30 minutes if he does no technology time during the week. So we started doing that and he was doing about 30 minutes on the weekend. And then we kind of gave him like 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there during the week. And it's kind of stayed like that. So it really does take discipline from not only the child, but definitely the parents, because at first they're going to whine. They're going to complain. You can't give in. You have to think this is what's going to be best for you. And you have to just go for it and also explain it to them because I don't, believe in just taking something away from your child and not giving them an explanation. They need to understand that it's going to make them feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And so what happened? The Twitch, it went away, right? <laughs> completely, completely oh it disappeared. That's crazy. Disappeared. And that parent also started doing her own research about um, nutrition and she started changing a lot of the things that he was eating. And this child started talking more. Um, the vocabulary increased. He was able to have better eye contact. So it's not just trying to improve one thing or another. You're really trying to just have an entirely more appropriate child, a child that is more involved in their, um, you know, with their peers with this is, I work with so many kids that unfortunately don't even have a lot of friends anymore. They don't do anything on the weekend. They just want to be home because home is safe. Home is a place where you have your TV, your computer, your iPad, and you're stuck in this virtual world where you don't have to, you don't have to answer to people and you don't have to deal with the hard stuff that comes with being a member of society. So I've seen that a lot lately. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And, and let me just tell you, like, because we we have totally changed on this. Like, this is one of the, the areas where we 
are willing to say, you know what, we're going to have to be a little bit stricter because we, we, you know, we're very much, you know, non-authoritative when it comes to our parenting. Um, and we always said, you know, no limits on screen time. They're, they're learning, blah, blah, blah. But uh, let me just give you a few things. This is just a few of the top tech giants. Okay. So Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple, says that he will not let his nephew join social networks. Bill Gates banned cell phones until his children were teenagers. Melinda Gates wrote that she wished that they had waited even longer. And Steve Jobs would not let his young children near iPads. So that, I wow. mean, th there's no something. question that these people understand whether it's the EMF or it's the actual like what's happening, you know, the relationship between glutamate and GABA. Maybe it's the excitatory. It's you're, you're constantly getting that reward. It's an addiction. And it's addicting. It's very it's an addiction. addicting. And it's that's the problem with it, because yeah. this is we did struggle with this for a while because it's one of those things where. Um, and look, Desmond is still like, look, he's going to take a class now for Minecraft and they do coding and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's important for our children to learn how to live in this world. And there's a lot of opportunities and, and yes. jobs and, and you have to know, but it's one thing to, to, to be doing that stuff. And then it's, you know, when I just see them watching like YouTube and it's just like, duh, 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 and I'm yeah. like, dude, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Let's go. Well, have and, you guys and, seen? No, sorry. I don't want to interrupt no, you. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just well, going to say that um, it's very easy. Like it's, we're the ones that are scared Yeah. because we did. Well, I, well, when you told me that story, Jenny, I told you about our week, our week that we did of no technology. Yes. And I was, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. I'm going to have such a hard week. It wasn't even hard. Even the first day wasn't hard. The and first day being wine for a little technology. bit. Now, now here's the thing. Yes. Parents, you have to actually get a little bit more involved because Yes, mm -hmm. it's convenient to give my kid an iPad. Sometimes it is. I'm like, I got to cook just here. Just, you know, yeah. Like. so yeah, we had to be reading to them. And like, when I see that they're just like on YouTube, Fortnite dances for, for, for an hour, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and you don't have to be, you know, I feel like you, there's that also one's kind of cool to, though, because they're moving there's around. Also, and, yeah, and, I don't, yeah, it depends. Um, and there's a way to approach it, you know, instead of being like, get off that TV. That's stupid. You know, I'm just like, yes. I offer something different instead yeah. of saying no, I say, Hey, it's a really nice that. day outside. It's, have you guys been outside? It's so nice outside. Why yeah. don't you go ride your new bike or, and, and they don't even, they don't even fight me. They're like, yeah, good idea. No. Let's go. yeah. Well, I will tell you what you just said is key. And even with my little one, that's nine months, she's already getting to that point where, you know, she wants something and she'll grab the remote or she'll grab <laughs> something she's not supposed to have. And I don't just snatch it out of her hand. I show her something else, maybe two other things. And I say, what do you want? And she will look at everything and she'll pick. And then I take the thing that I don't want her playing with away. It's all about providing your children with choices and letting them be having motivation intrinsically, I think is key. And you want oh, to yeah. instill that in your children. You don't want your child. And that's another thing that parents do all the time. They're like, you know, their kid does something good. And they're like, I'm so proud of you. Okay. Yes. It's good to, for your child to know that you're proud of them, but you want them to be proud of themselves. So yeah. you want your child to say, I want to do this because it's going to make me happy and it's going to make me feel better. And it's going to make me a healthy person. You don't want your kids to just do things that please you because then you're going to raise a child into a human that, or an adult that only wants to do things to please others around them. And we don't want that. That's, you know, that's really scary in, in this day and age. So I love what you said. And I, I also think it's important to see what you're showing to your kids. Studies have shown that 
kids shouldn't have like any TV or screen time until they're like two. But like you said, let's face it when you're needing to cook or you need to do something really quick. A lot of us work like you guys, you're, you guys are doing stuff from home. You're doing podcasts. You know, maybe you're like, Hey guys, you can watch this show for 30 minutes while mom and dad are going to do something. It's okay. As long as you're really monitoring what your kids are looking at, make sure that it's something that's not so overstimulating with so many graphics and noises and lights that are completely overstimulating to your little child's developing brain. Because that imagine if you give your kid something that's constantly making all those synapses in their brain, fire, 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 then you want to give them a book. They're going to laugh in your face. They're not going to want to read a book because it's not stimulating enough. It's boring. Exactly. So you have to be just really careful about how much time they're on the tech, what they're being exposed to. And then of course, like you said, being, being careful in the way that you minimize it or present it because like you said minecraft is great teaching them coding is great there's a lot of really cool places that kids can go to learn these awesome um you know tips and tricks but you want to just be careful that you're not making them so dependent on the technology that they just don't want to do anything else i know it's i it's totally agree that we, yeah, we, we have and we have shows we do set all the flashing lights and stuff like we have shows that we've banned in our house. I'm like, you yeah. are not allowed to watch the show. It's giving me my, it's hurting my eyeballs. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which one? Uncle Grandpa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Desmond tried to watch that. Like it was like oh a year gosh. ago or so. It was so dumb. And it was just like, it's like, it's dumb. yeah, it's, it sounds, you know, like the colors and the flashing and I, it has to, I'm just thinking of like, you know, we're here trying to live this like parasympathetic lifestyle Trying to be like stoic and chill, chill. and chill. you know, like this is like the complete. It's kind opposite. of like how SpongeBob is, like super pesado and yeah. like <laughs> you know, like yeah. very like it's just yes, very ridiculous. And then we also face like the whole YouTube phenomenon. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it's good sometimes. You know, like I see it in t- like these these kids, like they want to watch videos of other kids playing with toys all day. Yeah. And it's just that like, is what I was saying earlier oh that when I was like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. When you said YouTube, no, you're fine. I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> I can't. But then it's funny because like my husband the other day was like, well, but like you watch tutorials sometimes on how to do things. And I'm like, yes, but it's different. He's like, how is it different? They're learning how to use a toy. I'm like, stop. No, <laughs> it's not the same thing. No, you, know what same I let, thing. you know what I let Desmond watch, which he actually likes to watch? DIY. DIY, yeah. right. Yeah, when yeah. I see him watching. Um, Love that. Like just like guava juice. But that's because he'll watch like, DIY dumb. and then he will do projects for like yes, two hours. Exactly. I'll let him Love watch that. DIY He gets the hot glue gun like, out. Why don't and you it, watch? Because he loves that stuff. So I'm yeah. like, why don't you watch? some DIY stuff and he'll watch like projects and then you see him like getting to work. And I'm like, you see, yes. he's like, giving you ideas to do something. Yes. That's just like no, watching and- some guy, I don't know, crash into, right. jump on a trampoline at Sky Zone. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You tricks, want something you know? that's like making your brain work and think and like, okay, like the process of how does this work? And yeah. that to me, yeah. I think is fine. We just have to be careful, you know? Yeah. I think like what you're saying is, um, is it's kind of what we always say because we we have this approach with the kids with nutrition you know we we we're very mindful of the fact that our boys are still at that age well at least desmond is dean doesn't care what anybody thinks but desmond (laughs) um he 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 does want to please us and we're very aware of that and so we have to we have to highlight the fact that it's cool to have your own opinion like like you know what i don't like that one 
but I think it's cool that you like that one. And God made us all different. Exactly. And it'd be really weird yeah. if we all like the same things. You don't have to like everything that I like. Right. You know, because that's, that. that's where you foster that, hey, it's cool for me to be confident and say, I like this. And I can say, yes. you know what? I don't like how that taste does. Ew, man. But you know what? You, you can eat it. Go ahead. Enjoy it. You know, because Desmond, <laughs> exactly. when we first started, like, remember, like, in August of 2017, because we were already, we've always eaten a ton of meat. And when I started eating, like the first month that I was carnivore, I was just like salmon and ribeyes. That's all I was eating, you know, and salmon and, and, and beef. And, um, and Desmond, um, I think our first Fat Field Family YouTube video, um, we said, you know, what's your favorite, what's your favorite food? And he's like steak. And I'm like, what's your favorite steak? He's like ribeye. And that was a lie because yeah. he doesn't like ribeye because it's too fatty. <laughs> and he likes fillets and sirloin. But we, we noticed that after only a few months that he kept on. Not wanting to eat the ribeye. I'm yeah, like, he wouldn't eat, eat it. Ribeye. It's like there was the fat, <laughs> you know. So, you know, we have to and we take that in, into consideration with with the nutrition when we're talking to them about, you know, this is your body. You put into your body what you would like. And we are just like with education. We're facilitators. We kind of say, yeah. hey. If you ask me, this is why I wouldn't eat that, um, you know, and, and of course, we don't have anything in our house that he can pick from that's going to be bad. But if we're exactly. out and about and he has money and he wants to buy himself something that has, you know, uh, food dyes or uh, definitely not wheat. If it has wheat, I'm going to be like, no, just get something else, man. That has that has wheat There's so many it. options now that you don't yeah. even have to. Like, yeah. Food dyes, I'll be like, hey, man, listen, that has food dyes. You know, that's that's not good. You know, food dyes, girl, girl, will you work with behavior? I'm sure you've noticed. Like that's one of those things that oh, I yes. mean, it's incredible. The yellow, my favorite is the yellow yeah. dye. The yellow. The yellow what, would, dye. what are the what it are the are there them, typical symptoms that come from? I know the red was like hyperactivity. What's associated with yellow? Yeah, it's similar and just inattention. You see okay. that when you cut the yellow, it gives, it gives them ADD. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of the kids that were eating a lot of the yellow dyes um, when they were being tested, they didn't have as much magnesium in their body, wow. which we need magnesium in order to pay attention. So, wow. yeah. Yes, and listen, Maura and I talked about this, like, I want to say a couple months ago. Um, it's also really hard when you're out and about and you're just trying to eat something because there's like nothing, there are no options. Yeah. And it sucks because there's, what's the easiest thing? You go anywhere and they have all these little goldfish packages and everything has dye. It's horrible, yeah. horrible. Everything has wheat, everything has dye, um, everything has, you know, the corn syrups. So, and the vegetable the other oil thing, is another thing. Yes. And that's, yes. And that's something that more, I think more, um, more recently people are starting to pick up on because it has never really been at the forefront. Like everybody always thought that so many of these vegetable oils were actually better. So I think it's just like what you guys are doing is amazing because of that. You know, you guys are educating all of us on the importance of, what to buy and danny just said something that you guys don't keep things at home like i'm one that i believe sugar is very addictive because if i don't have like i love chocolate chip cookies that's just like my i will go and I'll, I'll eat one and then i walk away and like two minutes later i'm like man i really want another one if, I, if it's at my house i will finish that package by the end of the day and i'm not even hungry i'm just wandering around thinking about them because i know they're there it's so, meant to be addicting. Oh, well, yes. that's just a combination of starches and fats are, are such an unnatural combination in, yeah. in nature. You never see them paired together. Um, and so when you have those paired together, 
they are very much like it's been shown over and over that, you know, if you're giving someone an ad libitum diet and, and you give them a, like starches and fats, they will always eat more, much more. than It's just than not a natural typical. combination. Yeah. 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 That's such a good point. Yeah. I, I, never thought I of wish, I wish that you guys could come up with like, I mean, maybe like a, like a cheat sheet for parents. Um, something that they can keep handy when they go to the grocery store, something realistic for parents that, do work really long hours and are, are really trying their best. Cause I think that's, what's lacking. When I talk to parents and I'm like, your kid needs to eat more protein in the morning. They're like, okay, but tell me what. And I start to tell them and they're like, that takes so much time. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I know it's hard, but if there was a way that you guys could come up with something, um, I know that I would love to be able to share that with all the families I work with. And I mean, we could, show this on social media because there's a lack of information for parents. I think a lot of people want to do better. They just have no idea where to start. Well, first I'll say um, that it's going to be hard to, um, the one thing that you can never match is the convenience of a crappy diet. You just, it's so hard to, because anything that's processed is, is by, you know, by definition, it's going to be hard to it's more shelf stable. It's, it's more shelf stable. So it's, it's going to, it's going to be harder for it to be like good. But, you know, if we're talking about like Ali Miller always talks about good, better, best, right? Like what, this is a yeah. good option. This is better. This is best. You know, you might pick something that's on the road. It's maybe not the best food or, or maybe it's not the best quality. Like we do like the, the patties yeah, from like Wendy's patties. Yeah. Burger patties pinch. from, from Burger King or, or McDonald's, but we do have the fat field family program has a bunch of stuff. Like, so we have, grocery lists we have a low carb swap um cheat sheet where um actually i'll 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 pull it up so we can talk about i'll give a few examples um so we can because that's that's what we wanted to come up with um to to offer people you know yeah because that is the biggest thing that we get too it's like yeah but what and then it's like you know we homeschool so we have a little bit more luxury i can be making breakfast every morning but i totally get it you you know these moms are out of their house at like 6 45 AM with their kids. No, it's like, crazy. Or even if there's a way that maybe they can freeze some things, like maybe make like right. egg muffins with um, yes. cheese in it or bacon and they can freeze them freeze and maybe bring them. them out and put, pop them in a toaster oven or something. And your kids have that during the week. Yeah. But I just yeah. think teaching people that there are ways, it, it just takes a lot of organization, you know, and, and being yep. disciplined. Um, but it's like a lifestyle. It's like what you guys said, you know, we have, we have different, like here's the, the low carb swap sheet is basic. It's not just one sheet because it have, we have a breakfast section, lunch section, um, dinner and snacks. And so I'll go to one of the sections of snacks. So I'll go to crackers and dippables because that's one that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, what we have here for the choose, it says avoid this and choose this instead. So here are a few different options. And then there's actually live links to if it's a product, you know, where you can buy the product. So, um, cheese sticks, of course, flaxseed crackers. Um, and this one is a link. Where does this one takes us? Uh, let's see. It takes us to Amazon. Yeah. This is a uh, flackers doctor in the kitchen, flackers, gluten-free flaxseed crackers, you know, so that's just one example. And then we have, you know, um, uh, veggies dipped in sugar-free salad dressing that we have cream cheese, sour cream, uh, celery stick stuff with nut butter. So we have all these things that are actual real food alternatives. And then of course, chips and cookies. That's one. 
um, that we have a bunch of different ones. And so this program, it's, it's everything. It's, it's everything from meal plan to shopping lists and then all the different baking, like, a, you know, what to use in baking. If you want to make, you know, recipes, of course, there's a recipe well, book. Let's send her one. So oh, we're going to give her. Yeah, we'll send it to you so that you can take a look at it. And yeah. then if you, if you think it's something that one of your patients could use, then you can, you know, direct them back to exactly. our website or whatever. Um, I would love to do that. And we're so, we're, we're, it's honestly, the more, like, there's so many products that are coming out now that it's starting to become a little easier. Because yes. when we first started, like back in when Desmond was born and we were paleo, man, there was nothing. You had to make everything. There's zero <sighs> things at the store. And yeah. if it was, it was very expensive. And it still is. I'm not going to lie. It's still going to be more expensive. It's You're just never going to, you know, you get what you pay for when it, it, it comes down to that. With everything in know, life. Yeah. With everything in life. And I think the more we all protest with our money, then the more options and the more competitors can come out. And then that will drive prices down. But I'm even seeing like I we get these um for the boys, they're called Simple Mills crackers. And mm-hmm. they have them at Costco now because they are they're Ooh. expensive at Sprouts. They're like five dollars for a little box. And, you know, that bag is not even full all the way. Exactly. But Costco has a huge double pack now for eight something. And it's like way more bang for your buck. And I mean, there's just I and 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 it's true what you say. Like people really, they just don't know what to eat because we have people visit us sometimes, and they're like, "Wait, you can eat this? You can do this?" I'm like, "Yes, exactly. this is what we eat. Like these are the products. Oh, where did you get that? I have never seen that. You know." So that's something that we're trying to like, you know, do and like help people just giving them those options. Exactly. No, it's it's so helpful for children. Is crap. Everything. I know it's terrible, and that's the thing that what we've talked about this. Um, you know, you and I privately that kids are expected to go to school and sit there and pay attention and they're supposed to behave super proper and listen but what are they eating in the morning they're eating pancakes you know they're eating uh pop tarts and all this pre-packaged stuff which is full of sugar so you get to school and you're on a crash yeah juice you're on a crash now and how are you going to learn how are you going to pay attention you know it's just so hard to even for me, like, and teachers don't get it either. So I think it just has to become a whole, we need to just shift everything as a Mm -hmm. society. And we need to start learning more about our bodies, how our bodies work, and then what to fuel our body with so that we can expect real results from these kids. Because you can't, you can't expect for a child to attend for an entire day at school when they're not fueling their body with the appropriate meals. It's just impossible. No, it is impossible. I mean, even for us, it's impossible. If I eat something, I don't feel optimal. I can't pay attention. And I see it. I mean, I volunteer at Desmond's homeschool and I see what some of these kids bring for lunch. And I'm like, that is not lunch. Yeah. That is candy. That is candy. It's exactly. Not lunch. You just take candy, crackers, and a juice box. And then everyone's like, okay, guys, settle down. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. You don't understand. They can't. They can't. They, yeah, down. they no. That's not. What do you mean? Settle down. Like the kids are like, Whoa! and it's incredible. You see the shift because I'm there, and yeah. like you see the crash. Like I'm there from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. and lunch is at 12. And by 10:30, by the way, they're like, "When's our snack?" Because these kids, since they didn't have a fat-fueled protein breakfast, they're starving. They're starving. Yeah, of course, they're starving at 10 a.m. because they had carbs, so they're just crashed. They need some more. You're you're like, so When's right. Our snack? When's our snack? And they're like, ugh, ugh. and then they get their time to eat or snack i don't even know why they call it snack it should be called lunch because it's 12 (laughs) 
And yeah. you know, they're pulling out their chips, their crackers, their literal candy. I've seen this. Like Ziplocs no, full of sour patch. It's everywhere. Like, That's what your mom sent you? Really? No, it's crazy. You know, it really is crazy. And what you said is true. Out his bacon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like burger. Yeah. I'm like, that's lunch. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sure that you see the difference because when you're there and you can see your child and how your child is eating and how his behavior is and how, you know, he's able to sit there and really focus. It must make you feel good about what you're doing. It absolutely does. And, but I totally and he feel looks for at these, these kids, other kids. You know? He's confused. Like he I saw him last night, by the way, I didn't tell you because um, we just started Desmond with Cub Scouts. He's going to do Cub Scouts too. So <laughs> he's got jujitsu. He's got a bunch of stuff going, going on with on. his home. He's my social butterfly. He needs it. Yeah. So, he needs it. so I started him in Cub Scouts and, um, this one other kid, they were making paper airplanes last night and then they made like, they were launching them after like with rubber bands, um, oh like gosh. catapulting them. It was super cool. But this other kid like was, you know, just hyperactive, you know, just going and you could tell Desmond's like, and he had like some rosacea, you know, like he had some, mm-hmm. some yeah, stuff that some you're like, symptoms. okay, mo- there's possibly something going on with the diet. Like, and, and I used to be like before. When it's a kid, there's 100%. It's, it's got to be diet. diet. You know, I, I know that genetics, you know, is big, but we know now that epigenetics is so much stronger right. than genetics. Because if you look at my genetics, like it looks like a disaster, yeah, but, your <laughs> my, can but nothing's expressing it. itself right. because exactly. I'm, because of my lifestyle. So, you know, he looks at these kids and he's just confused. He's just like, and I even said last, ask Desmond now, I, I said, hey, um, what'd you think about so-and-so? And he's like, you know, um, I kind of felt bad for him because <laughs> I could tell, you know, he has some issues, but I won't tell him anything about it. Oh. But he, like, I could tell, like, he could tell, you know, he's acutely aware of these things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny but- you say that because so many kids are, and Parents don't realize that children are very aware of everything and they're watching everything you're doing. So hmm. even even Charlotte, that's nine months old, like I sit her in her chair and her and I eat the same things that she eats right now. I just prepare hers, you know, a little differently. And um, mm-hmm. what we should do, we should make special child. <laughs> yeah, that's another big rant they, that we've been on with these, <laughs> these kids meal, these kids menus. Yes. Yes. Kids menus need to go. But they're watching. And so like, I let her feed herself now that, you know, she's got better control. And um, it's amazing that she looks at me and she sees mm-hmm. what I'm doing and she mimics. And yep. if we would just realize that from such an early age, they're doing that. If they watch us eat well, sleep well, you know, the things we watch on TV, it's really important that the words that we use, if we are just really careful about what we are exposing them to, we would see so much positive change but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I know. Yeah, no, no, and that's no. Like that's one of our main things. We talk know? about that all the time. That's one oh. of our main things: is like model the behavior you want to see. You know, yeah. Especially in our kids, like anything that I don't like that I see in them, I mean, it's my fault or Danny's fault. Like, oh, yeah. we have no one else to blame. I'm like, wow, he's acting just like me. I need to, you know, they're like they're your biggest mirror. You know, they really is like, true. That's like, well, that's your, they're your biggest teachers. They're going to show you exactly what you need to work on. Cause they are going to show you everything that you, it's, that's just how it is, you know, but, and that's, and that's, that's how it, you know, like we go to, and that's the same thing with like the eating. It's like, these kids can't, I, that's why I feel for these kids. Cause I'm like, well, they're never going to eat well unless their parent yeah. starts. So yeah. the way yeah. you see it, like we went to Cracker, Bar- Cracker Barrel the other day and like, I'm like, Dude, pancakes and a biscuit. I'm like, dude, please, it's not breakfast. But yeah. the, you know, so the parents are eating pancakes and biscuits. So it's yeah. like, are you what are you gonna do? So it, yeah, modeling that behavior, it's so important. 
It is. It is. It really is. And I mean, you guys have done a tremendous job and I love this that you guys are doing and, you know, just spreading the word. I always tell you like that. I'm always grateful because I've learned so much and, you know, we fall off the wagon and it's hard, but as I think if we just keep trying, you know, we are all just trying to do our best. Um, and once you start to see the positive results then I think it becomes addictive in the oh, healthy yeah. way. Absolutely. Yeah. You get momentum. Yeah. You get momentum. Cause you see that it could be done. It can be done, you know? So, all right. Well, we have, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but I just wanted to give you a chance, like, cause I do think that there's still a lot of confusion with occupational therapy and what you guys do. So can you just maybe, um, let our audience know what are, what are the things that we, you, that occupational therapists, like, what are the conditions that someone would go to you for? Okay. And pediatrics you want? Uh, sure. Specifically? Yeah. Okay, pediatrics. So- in pediatrics, um, if your child is delayed at all with any developmental skills, so if your child isn't crawling when they're supposed to or walking when they're supposed to, and I say supposed to very loosely, um, right. some kids develop a little bit sooner than others or a little bit later, and that's fine. But, you know, once they're falling really outside of those norms, we work with kids that have weakness in their body. Um, I've seen a lot of kids throughout the past couple of years that are being um, more affected by core and trunk issues. So a lot of kids that have a very weak core, it's, um, it's manifesting itself in other areas. So kids that have a lot of difficulties with handwriting and fine motor skills, when I evaluate them, I see that their core is very weak. So children that have weakness issues, children that have, um, visual motor impairments, um, kids that have sensory issues, like we talked about attentional difficulties, behavioral issues, um, autism, you know, any, any genetic diagnosis that is affecting their ability to basically do anything that a child should be doing. You want to be able to have your child evaluated and to see where those gaps are so that we can try to bring them back up to speed. Awesome. Love it. That's huge. And, um, you specifically, before we let you go, what, where can people find you if you want them to find you? You know, any websites or social media, anything like that. Yeah. So believe it or not, I've never had a website. My work has always been word of mouth. Um, thankfully, it's it's always been, you know, great. And um, I do have an Instagram that I don't always use. Um, but my <laughs> my practice is just JRP therapy. And I do have an Instagram page for it, but I've been putting more things on my personal one, which is just my name, Jenny Royce Partridge. Um, my email is Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y at jrptherapy.com. And anybody is more than welcome to email me with any questions that they have. Um, if they are looking for, you know, a therapist, we, we offer occupational therapy and then like I said, I have a social group with a really good friend of mine and a colleague. We've had this group for many years together. Um, her name is Kristen Lopez Cofino. My sister's also a speech language pathologist, Jacqueline Royce Rivera. And um, I have OTs that work with me. And one of them is actually also going to start doing behavior therapy in the next couple months. So, you know, if any parents out there are in the South Florida region and they want either information or resources or, you know, to chat with one of us, they're more than welcome. Awesome. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining us. We appreciate it so much. And we had an awesome conversation. Thank you guys for having me. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. 